Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Coming to you, as always, from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Garrett K. Jones. How's it going, everybody? It's going good here. Um, So, uh, we have been, we're kind of ended our talk about the New Republic, and this week we are going to be kind of giving our expectations, our thoughts, and what we kind of hope to see in Ahsoka starting in two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm really I'm really excited for this uh, show because it looks good. It looks great. I have a lot of high hopes for it, although I am a bit concerned because we the last few shows that have come out under Star Wars have been kind of hit and miss. Like Bad Batch, the second season was pretty decent. I didn't have any problems with it. Um, I mean, too many, but like, you know, uh, and Andor was a great show, mm-hmm. but, um, Mandalorian season three was kind of a letdown. Um, yeah. and I'm not the, I, I know I'm not alone in saying that it was, it, it kind of fell short of expectations. Um, they had so many cool opportunities to do something really neat and they, yeah. Anyway, so Ahsoka, um, well, what do we know? First of all, what do we know? Um, I know a little bit what I've heard. I heard that Filoni has a lot more say in this one than he did um, Mando, like um, Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett, and uh, Mando season three. That he's kind of the head of the, which makes sense because Ahsoka is ostensibly his baby. Yeah, you know, he created the character, so yeah, and so that uh, gives me a little. You know, the fact that he is kind of taking a lot, from what I've heard at least, he's taking a lot more control of it's, this. It sounds to be the case, and I'm, I'm really hoping that 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 is how it's going to be, because Dave Filoni, when he is left to his own devices and he's able to create, um, that's awesome. It's fantastic. Um, and although I still think, um, I, I, I like... My concern is that with the way that things have been happening at Lucasfilm, that we're still going to see some level of upper management, upper mismanagement um, kind of coming into play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I haven't been shy about my my concerns with regards to Kathleen Kennedy. I think she's absolutely the worst. Um, she needs to be gone. And uh, and. Like if if they were to find someone who is better qualified, I don't care, man, woman, dog, cat, you know, snake, doesn't matter. If they found someone or something that was far better qualified to run Lucasfilm than her, I would be like, okay, let's get on that and and make sure that she that she is replaced. Um, that having been said, if that rumor is true that Filoni has far more control than he did in previous projects, I am very much looking forward to that. Yeah. Because we've seen what he can do when he's left to his own devices and how awesome that is. Like I had my concerns when the clone wars initially came out. I thought this is going to be really dumb. Um, the movie actually caught me by surprise. I thought it was, I thought it was better. Um, and I'll be honest. I was one of those naysayers who thought, Ahsoka Tano, she's kind of an obnoxious character. 
but then as the series rolled out, she grew on me as a character because you get to watch her mature. You get to mm-hmm. see things are mostly colored from her perspective as far as the Jedi and the war uh, with, I mean, the, the obvious um, reflections that happen with the, the various clones that we were introduced to as well. But she grew on me as a character. I really kind of fell in love with her. Um, Ashley Eckstein as a voice actor. Um, it, she's just, she was awesome. Um, absolutely adorable as a person. Um, and then the fact that they, I mean, Rosario Dawson as cast as an adult Ahsoka was actually kind of a, it was like a fan casting that yeah. came through. And it's like, like you ever read through like wizard magazine, like way back when, Right. Oh, yeah. They would always do those fan casts for like for movies and stuff like that. And this is this is one of those fan castings that is just so perfect because, mm-hmm. you know, the last time we got something that cool was we we ended up getting, um, uh, you know, Char- uh, Charles Xavier being played by Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Uh, which was a which was a wizard magazine fan cast from like 1996 or something like that. Um, so. Um, so this is one of those things that they hit dead on. Uh, yeah, I mean, if if you can't, if you couldn't get Ashley Eckstein herself, right? Rosario Darson was, I mean, as close to perfection as you can get. And yeah. the fact, I like the fact that Ashley, you know, and I mean, not, I mean, she didn't have to do this any, or anything, but Gate kind of gave her blessing mm-hmm. to to it and said, you know, she was because I know there was a lot of fans. I did hear some fans saying like, oh, it should have been Ashley. Ashley should have gotten it, you know, you know, but I, I think that this was, you know, a good casting, you know, great casting for it. Yeah. And, Um, and there was a lot of people who were like, if they're like, well, if if Ashley couldn't have done the the live action performance, she could have at least done like voice dub over or something like that. And it's like, but the the thing is that Rosario Dawson has such a, a wonderful voice in and of herself. Yeah. And she has done voice acting as well. Um, uh, most notably voice acting for uh, DC and playing Wonder Woman in several iterations. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I think her own voice brings a gravitas yeah. to the character. It brings a maturity to the character because Ashley still has that, that very young sounding voice. voice. Yeah. As mature as she is, as, as, as adult as she is, it, you know, you still like if you're just hearing the voice, you're thinking this is young, you know, teenage pre-adult Ahsoka, not adult mature Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Which, um, although to be fair, she did uh, she did nail that maturity when she appeared in Rebels. She so did, yeah, very much. It's, it's one of those fine lines. It's like it, you know, let's. It's okay to have something that's just a little different. Yeah, yeah. Though they have done a a good job of, because a lot of times you know you can have someone who is does a voice character for a person, you know, for a person, and it may not translate to live action, maybe mm-hmm. because of the way the person looks, or but they've done a really good job of casting people for voice actors who then can then turn around and play those same characters live action. Um, you know, I think uh, Katie Sackoff, yeah, as Bo Katan. I mean, nailed Bo. You know, say oh, yeah. what you want about say what you want about um, Mando season three, but 
Bo, I mean, Katie Sackhoff was amazing I, as Bo-Katan. Oh yeah, her her performance was solid. I, I, I the performances were fine. It was, well, with the exception of Jack Black and Lizzo showing up, that was yeah, that, well. yeah, took, took away the suspension of disbelief. But um, the you know the uh, the performances were fine, and I, I you know I think we have a great deal of actors who can perform very well. Mm-hmm. So. I, I I'm I'm set with that. Um, what are some other expectations that you've got, John? I'm. I know what I don't want, and this may sound 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 bad. May sound weird considering how much I've lauded um, this lot lauded this book, but I don't want a word for word, scene for scene retelling of *Heir to the Empire*. As much as I loved the loved the book, you know, I I want this to be its own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind if they if they borrow borrow parts from 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 uh, *Heir to the Empire* and that mm-hmm. storyline, but I don't necessarily want to want to go in and be like, oh yeah, this is exactly like *Heir to the Empire*, *Last Command*, and *Dark Force Rising*. Yeah, you know, I want it I... to be its own story. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think that's, there's also a fine line there as well, because you've got, you know, this beloved trilogy of books by Timothy Mm -hmm. Zahn. um, And to have them, I would say having elements adapted, like you were saying, would be, would be fine because you can't tell the same story because you, because the same characters Characters aren't aren't there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, and I, I don't expect, with Filoni at the helm, I don't expect that to be the case. I think he's going to write something that may have a nod to it, but is going to be more tied with what's considered canon now, especially with with Rebels and all that. And mm-hmm. so I think I think it's safe. But um, yeah, I doing a doing a a, a direct uh, adaptation would, would probably derail the project yeah um another thing that i again i don't want is i'm hoping that they don't make uh sabine force sensitive i i i just think that it was the i had the same issue in the sequel in the prequel in the sequel trilogies with um not poe finn yeah um it just seems like you know, it was almost like like you know Oprah handing out force powers. You gonna be force sensitive. You gonna be force sensitive. You gonna be, you know, I don't know. It just, <laughs> it, it just seemed like everyone was force sensitive, and I don't want that. I don't want not everybody has to be force sensitive. No, they don't. I love that. Oh, <laughs> that whole word picture is just. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. But, but, you know, I don't know, it just, I don't know if it takes away from, from the idea of just how special the force is, if everybody ends up being force sensitive, Yeah, you know, and you already have Ahsoka who's force sensitive. Um, you already have the dark Jedi who are force sensitive and you're apparently, you know, it appear Ezra is going to be in it in some form or some form or fashion. Yeah, either so, as a flashback or or 
something else. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I think I think you know you have your kind of quota on you know force sensitive. I would agree, and like especially concerning the fact that like I, I'm not entirely sure where this takes place within the timeline, like post Return of the Jedi and all that. It looks like yeah, it looks like it's like probably right around or right after the events of um return of the jedi well no right after the events of uh of um the last season of mando oh i'm thinking it takes place around that time because if you remember in mando season three um moff gideon is talking about the return of thrawn Oh, right, right, right. And that's what this is. Thrawn's Thrawn's So we're looking at six to seven years after the events of Return. Probably six to seven years after the events of Return of the Jedi. Because all of these are supposed to culminate in a Filoni-driven movie. So Book of Boba Fett, uh, Mando, and Ahsoka are all supposed to be part of yeah the the mando they're calling it the mandoverse right but which is weird because like the from what i understand with everything going on in hollywood between the writer strike and the sag after guild you know going on on strike as well um it i don't think anything is going to come out about because like they were supposed to have like a red carpet deal for this the red carpet premiere they canceled that because you know, you can't have any big premieres. Like the last big Hollywood premiere that took place, um, as far as I'm aware, was Oppenheimer and Barbie. Mm. And uh, the cast from Oppenheimer actually walked out of the premiere to go to the strike lines. Wow. Mm. Um, so like like the new Blue Beetle movie that's coming out this week, this next weekend it's not getting any promotion from its actors or it's, it's producers. Yeah. Nothing is happening there. Um, it's getting buried. And so like the only advertising is whatever you're seeing on social media or on TV, because those were already bought and paid for mm-hmm. um, any movies and, until the strike is over, any movies coming out between now and until that time, you know, e- even TV shows, they're not going to be doing any red carpets. They're not going to be doing any premieres. Uh, no, no, uh, press junkets of any kind. So, yeah, you know, chances are the first reviews that anybody's going to have of this is going to be based on when it airs. Yeah. And so like, but from what I'm saying is, is that Filoni's movie is at this point, it it could be very well be canceled because Bob Iger came in and he's like, we're going to start cutting back on projects. Which is not a bad idea. I, I, you know, I'm I'm a big fan of less is more, um, and I think that you know pumping out production after production after production in that Disney fashion is is um, it waters down the IP. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, what about you? What are some expectations you're having? <laughs> to be honest, John, I just I want it to be good. Yeah. Um, like since since Disney took over Star Wars, uh, since they took over Lucasfilm, there has been a huge discrepancy between what we like. 
between what was considered good and what was not. And like, I had high hopes going into the force awakens and I was entertained with it. Even if I thought, okay, you know, shot, it looks like a shot for shot remake of a new hope yeah. because it's JJ Abrams. JJ Abrams has no original thought in his brain. Um, you know, he's good at, he's good at pointing a camera and directing, but having him write a story is just bonkers. Yeah. Um, the the last jedi visually i liked it ryan johnson tells a story that is just it doesn't make a lick of sense it 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 does things that it just it goes in directions that don't make sense when you're trying to focus on on the narrative of what would be considered part of the skywalker saga um focuses very little on skywalker um or anything having to do with skywalker um and then obviously you know uh, uh, Rise of Skywalker was just could have been so much better if they had actually planned out what they're going to do with the trilogy. Mm. So that that was kind of a, a, a you know a giveaway. But then, like, I had high hopes because you had the, because at the same time as Rise of Skywalker coming out, you had the first season of Mando, and it was amazing. You had John Favreau, who like he knows how to direct, he knows how to write, he knows how to produce. This man is really good at what he does. Mm -hmm. And partnering him with Filoni, who produced two of the best Star Wars animated series ever. Yeah. Ever. Like, 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 I mean, you could say, oh, yeah, there's the Ewoks and droids cartoons, but those don't hold a candle yeah. to what he developed. Yeah, the Padawan of George Lucas. <sighs> literally. I mean, literally the Padawan of George Lucas. Yeah. Saturn, and, Saturn the, the feet of the master. So, yeah, yeah you get. And I've and, said, I've said for, for years, you know, Marvel always, Marvel had his, um, oh, who was the guy that's in charge of Marvel? Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige. I always said Star Wars needs a Feige. Which could have, which should be Filoni. Filoni should be that that person who you can have Kathleen Kennedy taking care of the financial stuff, all that stuff, if yeah. you want, but have someone who has the creative gene, the creative know-how to map out and the understanding of of the the lore yeah. to work it in well. Yeah, because I mean, because if, if you look at what he did with um, with Mando and with Rebels. Um, and, and to like, they were, they, they were backdoor, uh, gateways for him to, to, in, to bring back characters who had been considered, uh, no longer canon because they were part of the legends as it is now. And it, yeah. like Thrawn, like nobody knew who Thrawn was unless you grew up in our era of star Wars mm -hmm. until they brought that in. Uh, and that's thanks to Filoni because of his understanding of the lore, his understanding of the world building, his understanding of how to write those characters back in after Disney said, Haha, they're no longer real. Yeah. And so, um, so, so for me, I'm just, I'm hoping it's going to be good. Like the effects look like they've got a fantastic cast uh, aside from, aside from, um, from Rosario Dawson, I mean, you've got Ray Stevenson, uh, you know, rest his soul, because this is the last big project he worked on before he passed away. But uh -huh. he is a fantastic actor. He, he, 
He's got good uh, dramatic presence. Um, he's done action, um, but he also has a bit of, of comedy in him. Like if you've ever seen the movie, The Other Guys, he plays this, this Australian uh, security detail leader. And like, he's absolutely hilarious. Like he's he deadpan on everything he says. He, you know, he, you know, there's, there's nothing tongue in cheek with what he says, but it's funny because it's like the things he says, you don't expect to come out of his mouth. Um, so he's got all that, right. but then we've got Daph Daphne Keene, who, you know, the only other role I've ever seen her in was playing X 23 in Logan. Um, and oh, she yeah. did a really good job doing that. And so she's playing, she's playing this dark Jedi girl or one of the, one of the, um, inquisitors i don't know what her role is but it's i think they're um, right from what i've heard they're referring to them as dark jedi okay they're then not maybe Sith, she but they're jedi. not inquisitors yeah, yeah. so uh, this it's going to be interesting to see how she uh, you know how she plays into this i'm going to be it's going to be a lot of fun um, yeah. to see how that that plays out because they've got a good cast and if Filoni has written the script which i believe he has the story is going to be good my my biggest concern is that Kennedy's going to want to get into the kitchen again and do some cooking, and that just doesn't work because she cooks a, like about as well as my son trying to boil water. It doesn't work. Just it's going to burn things down. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm with you. I, I just, I want a really good story. I want to yeah. see, you know, I, I want to see star Wars. Mm -hmm. I mean, that may sound simple, but I want to see lightsaber fights. I want to see space battles. I want to see a good story. Mm -hmm. I want to see good triumphing over evil, even if it's just temporary, because we know what's going to happen down the line. Right. But you know, and I think it almost has to because of the fact that, you know, by the time you get to the sequel trilogy, you have no mention of Thrawn. Yeah. You know? So you have to, you, there has to be some sort of, you know. I'm hoping that Thrawn isn't just like a one-off villain. I hope so too. Unceremoniously, at, you know, at the end of the series. Like, we've, we're getting six episodes and... Mm -hmm. Filoni is good at knowing how to pace things. I and I yeah. appreciate that. My concern is when you've got only six episodes to work with and a very limited runtime of maybe 45 minutes or so, that's a very little amount of time to tell a decent story. Thrawn has proven himself both in the books as well as in Rebels, at least, to be a formidable threat. Mm-hmm. I want to see that on screen. Now we're going to get that performance. It's going to be a great performance because Lars Mikkelsen, who does who did the voice for Thrawn in Rebels, is coming back to play him in live action. That's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, and like he he's good at what he does. He's a very fine actor. Him and his brother Mads Mikkelsen both. Um, so the, I don't have any any qualms about that. But I, I don't want him to be one of those characters that's just like he poses no real threat. Yeah, and he should pose a threat. He should like he's a big bad. Like people whisper his name and they whisper it because of fear, not because it's a dirty word. Right. 
Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I think we can both agree that we're really looking forward to this. Would you say, how would you, how would you rate your, your anticipation for this series? Like compared to other, 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 other uh, series and from Star Wars, I'd say this is up there as far as I'd say the last, I mean, Andor, I was really excited for, mm -hmm. and that turned out to be very, very, you know, really good. Yeah. I, I'd say just because Ahsoka has been one of my favorite characters, it's, you know. Um, my level, I'm being cautiously optimistic. Yeah. Because, like, I'd say it's somewhere between, like, 7.5 and 8, if I was doing mm -hmm. a rating out of 10, just because we've been hurt before. Um, yeah. And and so given the fact that Kathleen Kennedy's name is still stamped on it, I'm, you know, I'm anticipating things not going well, but at the same time, I want to be surprised. I want to, I want to, I want to believe that this is going to bring Star Wars back to the level where it needs to be. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I think that is a good place to wrap up for this week. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to do next week because we have another week ahead of us before we'll be able to review uh, Ahsoka episode one. Yeah. Um, which we will be doing going through the entire season, giving our thoughts episode by episode. Yeah. Um, and um, I did so want to share. I, I did have an opportunity to. Uh, it, it was kind of a really neat experience. Um, you know, we talked. You know, the other month you went on vacation. I got a finally chance to have a, a vacation of my own. Um, so for those of you who are listeners, you guys know that I'm I'm living in Central California, where it's as hot as Tatooine sometimes, uh, and we only have one sun. Um, uh, but yeah, like today's at like 107. Um, but uh, this last weekend, I got to go up to the Bay Area, which I I haven't been up to San Francisco since 2008, which has been a long time. Um, and if if you're you know if that year rings out, that's the same year that uh, the Clone Wars came out as a movie. So you know, but um, yeah, I ended up seeing I ended up going uh, winning uh, three day passes to the Outside Lands 15th Anniversary Festival up in Golden Gate Park. It uh, took my brother. Um, took the train up to the Bay area, um, and we met up and uh, had a blast, uh, hotel accommodations covered for by the, by the contest that I won and got to see some fantastic, um, you know, musicians and, and recording artists. But the, the big, the big draw for me was, uh, Foo Fighters on Saturday night and, oh man, do they put on a oh, show. They do. They do. I've seen, I've seen them. Uh, a few years ago, right before COVID hit, and oh yeah, they they put on a show. The fun part was, um, they always do this this bit, or the last few years they've been doing this bit where, um, well, it's actually been since uh, I think uh, Taylor Hawkins passed away, but like their drummer had played on several other recording artists' uh, albums in the studio, and he uh, one of those albums had happened to be the first one put out by Michael Bublé. And so they started playing through a couple of the bars of, uh, of haven't met you yet. And, 
and the and so they're like, oh, hey, you know, you know, every show we start we start talking about this guy and and how he how he's played on Buble's album. Is there anybody who knows the words of this song and they yeah. bring people up on stage to sing and whatever? Well, there's someone in the front of the crowd holding up a I Heart Buble uh, sign. They brought him up and Dave rolls question whether or not the guy can actually sing and actually knows the words. The guy's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm confident I can do this. And uh, he's like, okay, because, you know, nobody ever gets the words right, ever. Um, they give him the microphone and he starts seeing They're like, man, this guy's really good. And then all of a sudden the camera cuts to him and it's actually Michael Buble. Buble. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it was, it was so much, it was like the best two hours of music wow. I've been to in a long time. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Oh, man. Uh, well, with that being said, uh, Garrett, why don't you tell the fine people out there where they can reach you at? Yeah, you guys can connect with me on social media. I am on Instagram and I guess X or Twitter. Yeah, I, I call it Twix because, you know, it's a fusion of the two. Anyway, you can find me on social media at GKJ underscore publishing, where I talk about my books. Uh, I'm get, I'm in the process of uh, putting together everything for the new season of my show, The Right Way, which is on YouTube. You can find that by going to my channel, GKJ Publishing. Uh, season six launches in October. A little change to the format, but it's still going to be the same great content. In, uh, author interviews, top 10 book reading recommendations, and creative writing tips. This next season, we're going to be talking. Uh, most of the, the creative writing tips I've been doing have been talking about like writing and editing or specifically things for writing fiction. We're going to be talking about poetry. Well, before we get I get started with my whole spiel, we have a huge announcement to make. War of the Stars, we've something we've been working on for a few weeks now, but we can officially say that War of the Stars is officially a member of GNN, that is Geek News Now. This is something we're super excited about, uh, super pumped about. It's going to be huge for the show, I feel. Um, and... Not only that, but we are War of the Stars is now exclusively on GNN. So that's be able to find us on GNN. Uh, all the links will be shared out for that. Um, we're super pumped about this, super excited for this partnership. For those of you who have been watching us from the beginning, keep coming with us uh, as we continue on this journey. For those of you who are new to the show, Welcome to the Carnival of Madness. Yeah, um, it's a big one. Um, and uh, next week, we might even go into a little bit about, for all our new listeners from GNN, a little bit about what we're about yeah. and kind of the history of the show. Uh, but we're super excited about that. Yeah. Uh, as always, you can reach us through our email. Email is warthestars at warthestars1 at gmail.com. That is also our Twitter handle. All other social medias are under War of the Stars. You can also check us out again on all of GNN social media. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, what else am I missing? Oh, Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash War of the Stars. Uh, check out the merch. Link is in the description on our Twitter handle. I believe it's also on our Facebook uh, group page. Um, and as always, remember, this is not just my Star Wars. This is not just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. 
And until next time, may the force be with you. This is the way.